Welcome to the Kara's Cures digital show and podcast where we explore the cutting edge of wellness. I'm Kara Sundland. This episode is sponsored by the Center for Advanced Reproductive Services. Well, certainly the holiday season can bring lots of beautiful moments with loved ones, but it can be a stressful time of the year as well. Dr. Laura Saunders is a child psychologist at the Institute of Living, and she's joining me to teach us the seven ways to manage family expectations so we can have a little more peace during the holidays. Welcome, doctor. Hello, Karen. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you know, let's start off with what you have said on many episodes, but I think sometimes we feel bad around this time of year because we feel different than what we see on TV at the Hallmark movie and or the Instagram. And we know that there's a lot of strain sometimes, which becomes more apparent at the holidays. And you're saying, in fact, that's super normal. Yes. And I was listening to a podcast this morning. Um, I like uh, we can do hard things with Glennon Doyle. And uh, she had a speaker on that really talked about um, uh, disrupted families families that have had some type of estrangement. And the statistic that the expert gave was one in four families have some type of estrangement. And so what happens during the holidays is that we see on on social media and in Hallmark movies that all these families are get along well, decorate their houses beautifully, love each other unconditionally. Um, And so you know, as I just said, one in four families, that's clearly not the case. That's 25%. So I feel a lot of compassion and empathy about those families that this time of year look around and think everyone else is loving and, and kind towards each other. And I'm, you know, I'm not connected to my brother, or I'm not connected to one of my parents, or, you know, I've become estranged from one of my my children, my adult children. Um, And so this can be a really difficult time. And so sometimes we want to try to make an effort to bring people together, which I think can be okay, but it's really important to have some really good and realistic expectations. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, just that statistic that you say, uh, one out of every four families has some sort of estrangement going on um, is is sobering for people to realize that there's a lot of folks out there where it's not a Hallmark movie. But you say what we can do is, number one, we have to adjust our attitude and have realistic expectations, especially if a relationship is strained. Yes. And, you know, it's it's not going to get healed in one holiday. But so it's having appropriate expectations for yourself and for what that connection will be. Um, because some, if you think about it, like a relationship is filled with many, many connections. And if you have a little bit more of a distant relationship with someone, with a family member, or even with a, a family friend, um, and you're looking to mend that, you can have an, a more realistic expectation about that connection. So you want to make a good connection Right. And many good connections is then what builds a a stronger relationship. And I I think what's also really important to talk about in terms of connection is that sometimes the strength in the relationship is is in part the positive memories, but it's also the correction that there's been a disruption and now we're correcting it. We're either apologizing or making amends in some way. But often the strength in a relationship, and this is very true for parent-child relationships, the strength in the relationship is about the reconnection. 
So what do you do if you're estranged from a family member um, and you think it's going to be stressful? Uh, obviously, people who have been estranged for years, it might be different. But if there's an estrangement going on and you're hoping it doesn't last forever, but you don't know who's supposed to take the first step, what do you do? Well, I think, you know, number one, it's finding a sense of control over a situation means if it's something that you want or something that you desire, then step into it. Take, you know, take that initiative, take that first step. Um, it, you know, I, that connection point, whether it's, and I think we look at the holidays as a lot of these connection points or sometimes the new year too, right? I, I want to start off fresh. Um, but you're not going to solve all the problems. And honestly, sometimes the connection is not about rehashing what went on. It's about building that, that connection and saying, you know, I'm sorry about what happened in the past, but I really want to, enjoy this dinner together or, you know, have a, have a nice time at, at this coffee together, whatever you're doing. Um, so I, for those initial interactions, I would keep off, you know, very upsetting topics off limits and set boundaries when needed. Yeah. I mean, so I guess, what does that look like if you can't jump into the hallmark moment? So let's say you're estranged from your brother or sister or something, but you're all going to be together at mom's house. Then, um, that connection, just the fact that you interact peacefully is a step in the right direction? Absolutely. And, and you don't, again, you don't have to rehash all the things that have happened. Um, and you don't want to create, uh, you know, strain and tension, but to, to initiate a, you know, I know things have been difficult between us. It's nice to see you. Um, I, I hope that things are going well for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, ask a curious question, you know, how are you doing or how are things going in your life? So you're making that point of connection um, and it's something that you have control over. It's something, it, you know, it's coming, it's coming from a really good place of intentions. Number three, you say don't drink too much because it really makes us more emotional and then you can feel guilty because you might lose it. <laughs> right. So what we know is that alcohol affects our ability to control our emotions. It, it sometimes intensifies our emotions. It disinhibits us. So we, whereas we would hold back and not say something to someone, we might not just blurt it out, right? In those kinds of moments actually are not about giving feedback. They're often come off as harsh. Mm -hmm. um, and then what happens later or the next day is you feel guilty. Um, you realize that you might've lost control. So to be very, very careful in those situations, especially, you know, if people ha are taking any kind of medication, alcohol can interact with the medication. So to just be mindful of your alcohol or substance use, um, because often people use that as a way to, you know, calm their emotions, but it also can what we call dysregulate your emotions. Okay. So when well, you might be drinking a glass of wine thinking, I'm going to relax here, but it could actually make you more prone to get angry. So you have to be careful. Well, one glass of wine is one thing, you know, when you yeah. start going into higher numbers, it's quite another. Okay. So that's what you mean by regulation. Know your limits. Okay. Yeah. Set boundaries with yourself too. Getting active. I know I've heard you before uh, say move a muscle, change a mood, but getting outside, doing something outdoors to take care of you might be a good excuse when you're feeling triggered too, to say, I just, I'm going to go get my steps in. Yeah. Move a muscle, change a mood. If you're in kind of a negative space and you could just be in a negative space all on your own, do something, you know, get outside. I mean, on a day like today, it's it's bright out. It's pretty cold, but it's bright out, right? Sometimes that brisk cold air can just 
give you sort of like a clear mindset. So allowing the your time outside or if you can be active to help you release negative energy, it allows the emotional space for positive energy to come in. Number five, we're doing seven steps here. Practice gratitude. Each day, find one thing you can be grateful for, maybe even more than that, but at least one thing. And, and that's not really just your mom telling you to be thankful. This is science, that when we choose gratitude, we can shift our emotional state. Absolutely. So there is research that shows that if you can um, adopt uh, a uh, mindset of gratefulness or gratitude, it can help you change or shift your mood. And again, you, you know, if if you're you get a flat tire, you don't have to be grateful that you just have a car, but but maybe you can be grateful that you have AAA and someone can come fix it or, you know, that that your neighbor offered to change your tire for you. Or, I mean, just to find small pieces of gratitude in, in different situations can just help shift your mindset, because if you hold on to that negativity, it just emotionally weighs you down. Yeah. And sometimes it's really hard to get out of a negative state. So what you're saying is by choosing consciously to start thinking of a few things you're grateful for, you get out of the negative state on your own. Right. And the other thing to be mindful of is that the holidays often bring up past losses. And, you know, you've lost a loved one. You've lost a family member. You know, especially a lot of the firsts that happen, you know, this is the the first Thanksgiving or the first Christmas, the first New Year's, the first Hanukkah without that loved one um, really stirs up a lot of emotions. And so you don't, you, you're trying to find in finding gratitude. It's well, I'm, I'm fortunate because my job is stable right now, or, you know, my, my spouse cares for me or things are going well with my kids. So you can acknowledge the loss. I am by no means saying sweep the grieving under the rug, um, but it's acknowledging the loss, but then also holding on to a piece of gratitude. Number six, practice tolerance and acceptance. You can only change your reaction to things. You can't change others. We've certainly all heard that, but how does it look? So I think one of the hardest things to to do is to realize that um, you we don't have any control over anyone else, right? So this is something that that I talk about all the time. The only thing that I have control over in any given situation is myself. I can, you know, I might not be able to control a feeling that arises, but I can control how I manage that feeling. So if I feel anger in a situation, do I lash out or do I take a deep breath, turn away and, 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 you know, walk outside and and take some space before I come back in to react to it. So um, finding some sense of tolerance, there's all sorts of people, reasons that, that people react in ways that they do substance use, um, mental illness, past trauma. There's all sorts of reasons. I don't know what the reasons are in a given situation, um, but allowing people to be who they are, but I also can take some control over what I accept or tolerate in a given situation. Okay. Finally, number seven, it's okay to say no. There are times when you just need to focus on your own family or your own needs. So back to the estrangement or uh, a very difficult, if you just think you can't handle it, is it best to politely excuse yourself from that event and do something else? Say, I'd really love to see you, Sister A, but I'm going to set a different time to see you because Sister B is there. Right. And and 
I think doing things that help you feel in control. And I, I, one of the good things to come out of, of COVID is I think there is actually a little bit more accentuation of estrangement, um, but also there is, has been a better understanding of like mental health and setting boundaries, right? I don't have to push, put myself into a situation or expose myself to a situation where I will feel emotionally unsafe that as an adult or as a young adult or as a, you know, a parent or whatever your role or identity is, that you can take some steps to say no and to focus on your own needs. Um, a lot of times people label that as selfish, but selfish is a judgment. I don't really like to use that word. I prefer the word self-focus, right? So right now I'm focusing on on my own needs and taking care of myself or my family. Um, and, and this is what I need to do to take care of myself. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. We will end it there. Uh, Dr. Laura Saunders, thank you so much. And we wish you uh, a wonderful holiday season. And thank you uh, for all the wonderful tips you've given us throughout the year. Take care and happy holidays and healthy holidays. Yes, thank you. And if you want more information on the cutting edge of wellness, you can follow me on social media at Kara Sundlin. I do like to share this content there. Pass it along. We're all in the same boat. We all got to deal uh, with the love of families and sometimes the difficult parts, part of the journey, right? So share it with someone you love. And uh, we'll see you back here on WFSB+. Plus. Have a great day, everyone, and be well.